Travis Bader, and this is the Silvercore Podcast. Silvercore has been providing its members with the skills and knowledge necessary to be confident and proficient in the outdoors for over 20 years, and we make it easier for people to deepen their connection to the natural world. If you enjoy the positive and educational content we provide, please let others know by sharing, commenting, and following so that you can join in on everything that Silvercore stands for. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a member of the Silvercore Club and community, visit our website at silvercore.ca. It's that time of the year again. Christmas is upon us. New Year's just around the corner. This is the very last episode of the Silvercore Podcast for 2023, and we thought we'd try and do something a little lighthearted, a little fun, a little frivolous. I'm joined today by my wife, Tiffany Bader. You might remember her from such podcasts as <laughs> the Silvercore Podcast episode 100, the Ask Me Anything, and Silvercore Podcast episode 40, which is the, the women's fly fishing group down here in the lower mainland. What are we doing today, Tiff? We are going to melt our faces off with some uh, hot wings. We've got the uh, the lineup from Hot Ones, 1 through 10, and uh, I can say that they are hot. My fingers are burning from saucing them, and I was coughing and hacking. <laughs> when, I just smell them from here. Yeah, when they were airborne, they're like, I, I really caked it on. So we're going to be in some pain. So what I'm not, I see you got Pepto-Bismol out on the table as well too. Is that yeah, fair? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Okay. I'm not very good with spice. So. Well, I can smell them from here. I love hot wings. Mm -hmm. I love chicken wings, I should say. Maybe not necessarily hot wings. I love chicken wings. Mm -hmm. Um, Melt my face off hot, not a fan of, but I can tell you, these are all going to be frozen cold. Like people watch this probably won't realize that all the chicken is going to be cold by the time we get to it. Yep. Yep. We cooked it this morning and brought it over and saw some and got stuff together and it's now hour and a half later. (laughs) (laughs) So to make make up for that, you, uh, you extra sauced each and every one. Yes, I did. Yeah. So what's your strategy? Uh, I'm pretty good at turning off my brain, which you know, and, uh. I too share that trait. So that's excellent. I can, I can push through things that kind of suck. So. You uh, say now. I say now, but, uh, come de bomb or I don't know. I don't know how far I'm going to get before I start complaining, but, uh, we have eggnog, so that should help too. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got 10 different sauces and Tiff brought some Pepto-Bismol. De bomb is number eight. And by all accounts from the internet research I've done, people say that's supposed to be the hottest, even that's, though it's rated uh, lower on the Scoville scale. Yep. So I, I guess we'll find out. So we'll find out. The drill here as well. We've got a bowl in front of us with a yep. bunch of questions that have been put in there and, uh, we'll work our way through it. Do we eat first? Do we... Do we ask a question I first? How's this work? I don't know. It's your podcast. I say we do it every, whatever you want. Maybe on the show, they, they, I think they ask the question while they're eating it. So you can like have to go through the pain of eating a hot wing and then. Okay. Know, yeah. Well, my strategy for this is going to be simple. I'm going to do my best not to have any water, not to have any yeah. eggnog. Uh, I have found that if I have hot stuff. And I have a temporary relief from the water or milk or whatever it might be. It just comes back 10 times worse for me. So I'm going to see if I can make it through the whole thing without anything. And I'll say that now, all brave, before I even bite into number one. Okay. And I'll probably drink your eggnog. Do we have uh, a question? Yeah, sure. I'll ask yours first. Yeah. What side do I start on here, by the way? I don't want to start on the uh, number 10. The left side. Okay. Here we go. Okay. First question. 
How big is your inner circle? Huh. Not big. No. Inner circle? Intentionally not big. Oh, I guess I shake my wing. You're going to have to get your wing. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I love that are part of my life, but if we're going to talk absolute inner circle, you know, in life there's givers and there's takers. Are you sure I started on number one? Yep, it's oh, number one. Okay. There's givers, there's takers, there's matchers. Not to be egotistical, but I view myself as a giver. One thing I've found and people have pointed out to me is a goodwill. People with goodwill will have their goodwill taken advantage of by those with ill will. There's going to be lots of takers in the world. I do my very, very best to try and surround myself with savages, other people who are going to want to give, not just at the same level, but try and outdo you on a regular basis when I try and outdo them. And I find that that drives me and it helps that inner circle just do that much better. How about you? What's your inner circle like? Yeah. I mean, you put it a lot nicer than I would. Um, I feel like I'm getting older and maybe crabbier and less willing to, uh, I don't know, you're young and you want friends and you put up with stuff you're not maybe super happy with and you get older and you realize what your tolerances are and what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy. And it's definitely getting smaller. Um, you know, I feel like we've been through some stuff and it's taught us who our friends are and mm -hmm. it really like tested those, those bonds. And I feel like coming through those things is like, man, there's people I know in our life that they would do anything for us and we would do anything for them. And I don't care how many people are in our, our inner circle. As long as there's a few of these people, I'm, I feel so grateful and so happy for that. That's a good question. So that's number one. Mm -hmm. You sauced the heck out of these guys. I, I, I really did. <laughs> and I'm wondering, I'm wondering what it's going to like. So what number one here is what? They got a chart. It says it is 1,600 Scoville heat units. Mm. I did a bit of research. I'm not too sure how well Scovilles are representative of what the heat's going to be like, because mm -hmm. if they're calling the bomb one of the hottest ones and there's still ones that are rated a little higher, but I'll tell you, you sauce the heck out of that one and it's got a good flavor. Mm -hmm. It's got some heat. It does. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I'm just going to go out on a limb while we're in our early stages here. Yep. Do we want to go full sauce? On each one of these wings as we go through and just add a little extra sauce from each one. I think, I think you're being, over, I've watched the show. I've watched almost every episode of the show, the online hot one show. I think you're asking for trouble. You're being the, the Eddie Huang going to <laughs> wing number 10 and eating them in reverse and then being like, oh my God, throwing up and can't do it. <laughs> I think it's a bad idea because I say that because I have sauced, I've sauced the hell out of these wings. Okay. I like the, uh, the Maya Rudolph. Someone sent that one over to us. Mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live. If anyone hasn't seen that one, watch it. It's hilarious. Yeah. She does a, uh, a skit on the whole hot one thing. Okay. Well, let's get into wing number two. Okay. Take oh. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Now. Yep. I got the flats because I find them easier to eat with a mustache and yep. not get it everywhere with the beard. Wing number two. <laughs> Is Shaconda's 6,200 Scoville. So that's quite the step up. Yeah. It looks like it's got dill in it too. Tastes okay. Yeah. Okay. Question. You, you want to answer it first? Mm. Okay. I'm going to eat the wing first. Go ahead. Okay. Are there specific books that have 
have had a profound impact on your perspective or outlook on life? Mm hmm. Good. Eat your wing. Mm hmm. Okay. Tastes like clam chowder. I feel, you tasted dill in there, eh? Yeah. I feel like the first one was hotter. Wow. Well, I've got a theory on this as well. I did pour a lot on that first one. Okay. I've got a theory on this. My theory is, and we're at the Silver Core Christmas party last night over at uh, Franco's restaurant, Taverna Gorgona in Ladner. Love that place. Great restaurant. I love the fact that I can walk home from there because it's right by our <laughs> office and sorry everybody else, but it uh, makes for a fun time. But we were talking about the fact they're going to record this today and uh, Ray was saying that he had one of these sauces and he just touched it to his tongue on a toothpick and he was absolutely on fire. So I'm wondering, here's a theory, we'll see if we can test it out. If you put a whole bunch of that hot sauce on, will it numb you out? Will it make it so you just reach a level and it doesn't, it's no longer spicy? I don't know. I do know I specifically scheduled my tomorrow in such a way yeah. that I'd have no hard and fast commitments that I have to work through just mm -hmm. in case there's going to be a bit of revenge here. Yeah. I'm taking tomorrow off. Now, did you ask a question? I did. And, and yeah, <laughs> uh, I will it's about pick books, it out right? on my, yeah. Are there specific books that have had a profound impact on your perspective or outlook on life? So people who regularly listen to the podcast would probably pick up on the fact I often quote Viktor Frankl. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning. Mm. Um, I'd say that one was a powerful book. I think anybody who's uh, going through difficult times or looking for some meaning, it's worth a read. It's not going to give you all the answers, but he is the father of modern logotherapy, he approached concentration camps that he was in from a analytical perspective and looked at finding meaning in life, even in the worst possible circumstances. So Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl, that book, I'd say helped a lot. Yeah. You? So I, I mean, you know me, I, I will read, first and foremost, I read cookbooks, mm -hmm. like I will read cookbook after cookbook. <laughs> um, I, I read novels, um, and those tend to stick with me a little bit better. I mean, obviously uh, there's not a lot of cookbooks that have really like formed me as a human being. Uh, <laughs> I, I read the odd self-help book, but they never stick. I, I find them interesting as I read them, but they just in one ear and out the other. But honestly, like as a little kid reading, uh, Little House in the Prairie, um, Man, it was like, I thought it was the coolest thing. I like, I just, I love those books. And What'd you like about them? I like that people worked. I like that they, like, it just seemed simple. Everybody, like, it wasn't about fights. And if there were, there were challenges in their life, like a bear came into their homestead and, and they had issues and they had to all work really hard together, but everyone sort of like cooperated and worked together and... It just seemed like, I don't know, it seemed like a cool, hard life. So was it that book that had them going out and pouring maple syrup mm -hmm. on, in the snow? Yeah. Okay. So yep. I'm glad you, I'm glad you read that book because that's definitely a fun tradition. Mm. Just boiling down some maple yeah. syrup and pouring it in the snow. That's kind of a fun thing to do yeah. with the kids. Yeah. I loved it. I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I, and then I went to my grandparents' house my grandparents' house was so much like that 
that book. Like they lived on a farm and we'd go pick mushrooms and we'd go pick berries and go fishing in the stream behind their house. And it just felt like I just I had grown up in the city and it it opened up my eyes to like, OK, I know this was supposed to be a long time ago and this is how people used to live and homesteaders and all this stuff. But like I could take snippets of it. And mm. I found as I got older and got to know myself a little bit better, those little snippets of like going for hikes and foraging and doing all these things was like, oh, it's, I don't need to be the city person. I can like, I can enjoy the stuff even though it might be kind of old fashioned. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get on to the next wing. What is okay. that? Number uh, three? Yeah. 1500. 1500 Scoville for jumping from 6,200 to 1500. All right. Um, that one wasn't that hot, eh? The last one, did you find that? No, it, like it just tasted like clam chowder to me. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like spicy clam chowder. All I could get was dill out of that one. Okay. They're so cold, it's hard getting the bone off. Mm-hmm. I'll just eat the bone. Uh, what is the most significant lesson you've learned from a failure or mistake in your life? Hmm. So we're assuming... That I make, make mistakes. mistakes. Yeah, no, I know. But we've we've been together a long time, so <laughs> I know. It is hard getting them off these bones. Hmm. You want a drum? Hmm? This one's hotter for sure. Mm-hmm. I saw you put lip balm on before mm-hmm. we recorded. Yeah. That may have been a good idea. Yeah. I have to remember not to touch my face, mm-hmm. not to rub my nose. This one's got some heat. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah. Feeling that one. And that's only number three. Are we going to make it to number seven? We have to. We will. Mm-hmm. Failure or mistake. Most significant lesson. It's never too late to stop, regroup, and find a more desirable direction to move towards. I'd say that's probably the the biggest thing that I've learned from past failures or mistakes mm-hmm. as well to reframe the failure or mistake as something that's just an important part of the process. Cause if I'm not failing and if I'm not making mistakes, I'm not pushing myself. I'm just doing the same thing day in, day out. Cause I know it's safe and I'm, I'm not going to fail. Mm. So I know when I was younger, I'd very, very pig headed in my approach, very, I'm stubborn, let's say, and I would say, I can figure this out. I can work through it. I can make it go because I don't want to give up. I don't want to fail. And I think having that distinction between giving up or running away from something and maybe reframing that as running towards or moving towards something that's more positive. Mm. So I think that's probably the biggest lessons that I've learned is to enjoy the failures, enjoy the mistakes, make them often, do so in a way that you're not totally taking a step so far that you can't get back up again afterwards. Yeah, that's probably it. How about you? I I think it's similar. I mean, I grew up feeling like, like I had a blessed life. I don't know why, because when I look back on it, I'm like, there's a lot of crap going on. It wasn't really truly <laughs> blessed living, but like, I, I always felt lucky. Um, and then, you know, you make mistakes, you do things, but I always felt like I didn't want to grow up. I didn't want to look back on my life and have regrets. And having that feeling of like, 
that's that's all easy when you're young and you're not making big choices and big decisions. And and then I got to a point in my life where I did like I got what I wanted. I got the job I wanted at the place I wanted to work at. And like I felt like it came too easy. And when I got it, I realized I didn't I didn't want it anymore. So I quit and I quit in a way that I quit in a way that I'm not proud of. I just kind of walked out and um, and I look back and and out of my life, that's, <clears throat> sorry, that's one thing that I wish that I did differently. Mm. And for a while, I, I, I said, I don't regret it, but, and, and I kind of framed it like that, but I really, if I'm being honest, I, I wasn't proud of what I did. So yeah, I mean, like out of that, I learned, you know, I didn't want that job <laughs> really. Like. Sure. If and, he did, he would have stayed there. Yeah. I didn't want it. I, um, I, I thought I wanted something. I thought I wanted a certain lifestyle. I thought I wanted all these things and I got it. I realized I didn't, I hated it. So to beat myself up over it, like you said, like it's, you know, you're not, I wasn't, I wasn't running away from something. Mm. I, I just was a little too scared to admit it to myself at that time. So it took me many years to come to that realization, but yeah. You know what I like about how you're framing your childhood, feeling like you lived a blessed mm -hmm. life. And in hindsight, you look back and like, Maybe that wasn't the right perspective, but I, I disagree. I think that was absolutely the right perspective. Yeah. And that goes back to that book, Man Search for a Meaning. That's the one thing that you can control. No matter what's going on around you is your perspective of what's happening to you. I can be mad at it. I can accept it. I can get over it. One thing you can't take from me is the way I choose to respond to what you do to me. Last mm -hmm. life's great freedoms is one's ability to choose your attitude in any given circumstance yep. over and over again. Mm -hmm. You choose your attitude. Mm -hmm. Was it a blessed life? Hell yeah, it was. And it still yeah. will be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Okay. Cool. Uh, my lips are tingling. Yeah, mine are too. I, I mean, I had some chapstick on when you were talking there, so I don't know if the, <laughs> everyone else can see it. I was reapplying. We'll have to make sure we edit it in so we show each one of these oh, little, yes. little tactics and yes. tricks that you're using. Yeah. So far, no water's been touched. No eggnog's been touched. And we're on to the next wing. Is this a competition between the two of us or like just- Everything's against... a competition, <laughs> Tiff. Come on. It, it truly is, isn't it? Okay. This um, is what? Um, number four. Okay, so we're jumping from 1,500 Scovilles, sorry, 15,000 Scovilles to 36,000 Scovilles. Do we eat first? Okay, I got some in a cut. Oh, that's going to feel awesome. I was working in the shop yesterday and I got a few cuts on the hands here and I can, this is spicy. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Tastes good. Mm -hmm. I wish it was easier to get off the bones and I didn't have to eat the bone. I might not keep eating all of them. <clears throat> well, there's a lot of sauce on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got a good flavor. Mm -hmm. I like I like the flavor. It's really good. That's this one here. Mm-hmm. Los Calientes Verde. I don't know what that is. Hmm? It looks like a hairless, like, panther deer. Do you have a question? Yeah, oh. I do. Uh, how do you express yourself creative, creatively? What were you going to say? <laughs> creatively. <laughs> <laughs> through my, through my expression of my language. How do I express myself creatively? I'm, 
I feel I'm a fairly creative person who lacks talent in any specific area. I'm not an artist. I can't sing. I don't play musical instruments well. Um, but I do enjoy photography and learning the creative process and art through that. I enjoy videography and video editing and audio editing, like doing this podcast. I enjoy that. Uh, woodworking, metalworking, things working with my hands. I enjoy to create that way. Recently started, um, I've made a couple knives in the past with no real idea what I'm doing. I'm starting the very slow process of learning how to properly make knives. So maybe in the future, we'll see a few knives coming out that, um, that I've created that will be an expression of my creativity. Nice. How yeah, about you? You have like. Like I know you. You, well, yeah. I mean, I'm, my, my interests are less varied than yours. You have like literally, it feels like every month you're like, oh, I'm going to learn this now. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do this new hobby. Oh. Life's too short to not try and learn everything or at least try it out and see if it takes and if you like it. Yeah. I feel like. I want to like master stuff and I, I love cooking and I feel like I could live a million lifetimes and never get to the point where I feel like I'm a master. I, I, I mean, I, I look at these like Japanese sushi chefs and, and how they dedicate their lives to their craft and I just think that's amazing. But again, you know. Well, that's a whole Dunning-Kruger thing too, right? People yeah. on the outside would look in and say... Hey, you've, you've mastered at least certain levels of cooking and types of cooking. You're mm -hmm. formally trained. You've worked in bakeries. You've worked in fancy restaurants, uh, French trained, a lot I've of. quit fancy restaurants. And you've quit fancy <laughs> restaurants too. <laughs> but you know, it's always perspective. Yeah. Are you a master? No. I don't know. No, I'm not. Not by my assertion. I'm not a master in anything. Other mm. people looking out might say, man, that guy's got to figure it out. That gal's got to figure it out. Yeah. Something to work towards. But yeah, if I want to be artistic, it's through food. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a process of celebrating wins. Cause if we hold mm -hmm. that mindset all the time of like, always learning, always working forward, no matter what plateaus we reach or what wins we get, if we don't stop and celebrate them, which I've, you and I have both yeah. been bad for. Yep. What are we doing this for? Yeah. So that's, uh, not that I'm a new year's resolution type person. But just resolution in general, something that we work on is when mm -hmm. we have wins, stop and celebrate them. Yep. Celebrate the wings. Celebrate the wings. <laughs> All right. What, what do we got next? Uh, uh, Los Calientes, I think, isn't it? Uh, no. Uh, we're on number five. One, two, three, four, five. No. Oh, I counted the Pepto-Bismol as a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Brooklyn Deli, I think. Let's ghost pepper. Yeah. We're on five. So somebody asked. Will there be ghost peppers? That was on uh, social media. Yeah. Apparently this one's got a ghost pepper in it. Mm -hmm. I think there's a few with ghost peppers actually. We didn't get this year's hot ones set, but the new one has like this new pepper X or whatever they call it that I don't think that one does. This is what? Last dab, Apollo hot sauce. Okay. Yeah. Pepper X, the merciless peppers of oh yeah, Quatso Zacatanega. Yeah. And I drank a, I drank a uh, candle before this. So. <laughs> More please. Uh, uh, yes. Hold on. Do we eat first or we ask first? I don't know. Let's you eat. Want to eat first, Kev. Everyone sits and watches us eat. Mm. I think so. Mm -hmm. 
Now, if people are listening to this, they're going to miss out on the fact that I already feel my face turning red. Mm-hmm. I can feel it in the back of my throat. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like, remember on Dumb and Dumber when Lloyd and Harry, they're having the hot stuff? And they're like, like spraying a ketchup. Like, it's not hot, just kind of tickles a little bit. Right now, I'm feeling the tickle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, maybe preemptively in like half an hour when we get to the end, what do you think happens when you die? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got no clue. What happens when you die? Um, you know, you could be like Keanu Reeves. I think the people who love you the most will miss you, which is true. Um, I don't necessarily believe that there's some ethereal mansion that we will be ascending to upon death. I like to think that that's where we are right now. And this is our opportunity to live things in whatever way we want. And if we can't enjoy it while we're living now, I don't know, maybe we get more chances. Maybe there's reincarnation. I'm not sure, but I do believe that there is a, uh, a natural order to things. And we as people are connected in more ways than we're disconnected with each other and our environment. Whether that's the trees, the animals, and your natural surroundings. Without sounding too hippie here about crystals and energy, I have had conversations on the podcast about it. And I think there's a lot of value to that. I think there's just a natural energy and there's a natural order of things. And when you die, that energy, which is neither created nor destroyed, is just part of everything else. So obviously no, this is something that people have quandaried over, over existence. I got no idea, but I do think that there is an energy and that we're a part of it. And when we, the dust returns unto the earth as it was, and the soul returns into God who gave it or whomever that might be, that that's essentially the, um, the culmination. Hmm. How about you? Well, I mean, you know me, I'm not, I'm not a religious person. I'm, I think I'd say I'm spiritual, but not religious, but it might be because I've been reading a lot of no dig gardening books, but like I'm kind of learning more about soils and at the very base, like I think that you, you're part of a system, you rot, you become part of it. You're like, your rotting corpse is going to feed bacteria and fungi and, and grow new plants. And I think there's something really cool about that. You just like, we're not going to escape this, you know, you're going to die, you're just, you're going to become nothing. So it makes our time here that much more important. Or become everything. It's yeah. like the Dalai Lama ordering a pizza, exactly. make me one with everything. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So I mean, there's, there's that. However, I still like, I kind of want to hedge my bet. So when I die, <laughs> I don't want to be like shot up into space. I don't want to be cremated and thrown in the ocean. Like I kind of want all of my rotting bits and pieces to s- still be sort of. Okay. In, so let's get this same... straight. No cremation? No, I want to be cremated. Okay. Well, how does that go towards? Well, I just don't want to be spread over a large area. Got it. I always figured one way, mm. if there's going to be a wake or funeral for me. <laughs> God. <laughs> if I could, I'd like everyone to enjoy me for one last no, time. I lead a healthy lifestyle. 
No. Make some Trav burgers. No. I could be spread over a large area without being cremated. That's like, it's, it was disgusting the first time you said that. It is <laughs> disgusting now. It's my dying wish. I'm uh, sorry. It's not, uh, it's going to be a problem for other people. Yeah, no, I'm not eating a Trav burger. <laughs> All right. What's the next one here? Mm. Six, a eh? Torchbearer. Mushroom mayhem. So the last one was 39,000. This one's 68,000 Scoville. So it's mm. a bit of a step up. So I feel it. I feel like I got some of the hot sauce on my beard and mm-hmm. it's just, it's on my cheeks. My lips are tingling. The cut on the finger, I feel that one. Yeah. I mean, my fingers are still like, I, I have notoriously thin skin, I think. And when I touch peppers, normally I have to wear gloves. And when I was saucing the wings, um, it's affecting my skin. So looking forward to this one. Hmm. Okay. Taste that. <clears throat> Feel the heat. What's mm-hmm. the flavor to you? It just tastes hot. That's kind of what I'm getting too. I'm not getting the mushroom. Mm-mm. I didn't chew it very well, hoping to just kind of get it down quickly. And it just like dragged the heat down my throat. Is that the trick? Just mm-hmm. swallow it. You'll be seeing coyotes, talking coyotes pretty soon. Pretty much. What's oh. the question? Mm. Should I, I pick one? Yeah, sure. I'm going to pick one. Oh. Got crap all over my hands here. There's napkins there. Oh, this is the perfect one. Hmm. Who's your favorite podcaster right now? Well, obviously. <laughs> obviously, it's Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> I may be biased, obviously. I have to, I, I shouldn't say I have to. As part of my, <laughs> as part of my duties here at Silvercore, I listen to all the podcasts, help get them, uh, up on the website and all the stuff. And so I get to, I get to listen and I really do enjoy it. It's, uh, it's on one side, it's cool to see you do this thing that like brings you so much joy and happiness in your life. So it's different than listening to someone else do a podcast. Um, so yes, hundred percent biased, but it's, I, I love watching you do this. Aside from you. Yes. Aside from me. Aside from you. Um, I like Simon Sinek. Mm. Super positive. I know I can go out. I'm not going to hear people, stories about people getting murdered or people fighting or anything like that. He's just like positive people, positive stories. Yeah, I like it. Simon Sinek. His is what? A little bit of optimism. Mm. He's got a couple, but yeah, the little bit of optimism is what I like. So for me, I don't typically listen to podcasts. And in fact, when I started this podcast, I'd been on one as a guest. And I think it's that podcast for a long time was the number one episode they had. It's number two, I think right now. Um, and we watched one, right? You took got me oh, yeah, the tickets meat eater one. to the meat eater live one. And that time I'm like, what's meat eater? What is this? Like I wasn't watching TV and it's not something I, I spend a lot of time looking at, not on social media a whole ton. Mm-hmm. Like number one, who is this guy that I'm going to go watch? And mm-hmm. number two. Why would I want to go watch some podcasts, right? And this is a Christmas present. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, how's a nice way to say this? Like, this is a terrible Christmas present, right? Yeah, no, pretty much. <laughs> but we went down, we traveled into Seattle. We saw him, got to meet with Steve and 
Jan, Yanis, Yanis, and actually that's where we met April too. Mm-hmm. Met April for the first time. I had no idea that she was going to be on the stage and talking. I just thought she was some cool person in the crowd that grew up in Surrey like I did. Yeah, yeah. well, you, you guys will always have Surrey. Always have Surrey. <laughs> um, so yeah, generally didn't listen to podcasts. Work is what a ten minute walk from house. This mm-hmm. studio is a ten minute drive from our house. If I'm going to listen, it's going to be when I'm going out hunting, when I'm going out on a road trip mm-hmm. somewhere. But when I do that, um, Diary of a CEO, I'll yeah. listen to that one. That's Stephen Bartlett. Uh, I like the fact, you know, he's honest about things. He's got interesting people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got some good episodes. And, um, you know, John Sinai, I'll... <clears throat> feeling the heat there. Mm. I will, uh, I'll listen to his podcast as well. The Expansive, he's a past podcast guest. And I listen to these ones because both of them are very positive. Yeah. And they're always, I love the way that John can look at things that could be difficulty, difficult or problematic and just find a positive spin or a different way mm. of looking at it. Maybe you haven't thought of, and I enjoy that. Yeah. And that's what I try and do with the Silver Core podcast. Ooh, it's hard with the, uh, the wings to hold the conversation, <laughs> but, uh, I try to bring positivity with every single episode we do. We've Mm. had a lot of opportunity to talk about things that are going to get a lot of clicks and get a lot of views, but I haven't been able to square myself with finding a way that we can talk about it with some sort of positive resolution. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not bringing in something that's going to be helpful into people's lives, it's just more complaining of the same. I I just don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it kind of reminds me of, um, saw some clip with, I think Jordan Peterson was on, he was on Stephen Bartlett's podcast and he was talking about, uh, relationships and, um, if, if, you know, you're, if your wife's complaining about something and she comes there and she's like, got all the, her list of grievances, <laughs> if there's no solution or what do you want me to do about it or no, you know, way I'd rather see things, then what's the point, right? So I think with, with the podcast, what's the point in bitching? What's the point in having people on airing their grievances unless there's some sort of light at the end of the tunnel or, or resolution or solution or something? That's always been my take. It doesn't get the same hits no. that having something inflammatory or provocative would. I think see, sometimes people want to bitch. I it feels so. good sometimes to bitch too, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I'm feeling kind of brave right now. Like my mouth is on fire. This is where it goes downhill though. Everyone's like, ah, it's not so bad. And then they, then they get to the last three or four and then they start crying and- so this one's called Angry Goat. The next one in here, Dreams of Calypso. Make their shack face. 101,000 Scovilles. Angry Goat. I am okay. a simple goat. I live on the back of a pickup truck. All right. Okay. I can feel that in the cut. Glad I bought organic wings. Hmm? I'm glad I bought organic wings. Mm-hmm. Usually when it's hot, it comes off the bone. Hmm. If I'm doing this, I'm not going to do it half hours. Yeah. I'm going to eat the things. It's not coming off the bone, so I'll just eat the bone. It's That's toasty. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. What here. flavor are you getting? Hot. Okay. I'm going to see how this hits. Yep. And I'm going to make a proposal to you. Oh my God. 
the bomb yep. from the internet research, even though it's a couple down from the end, yep. it's supposed to be the hottest. Yep. Let's extra sauce the last three. Okay. You up for that? Yeah, sure. Okay. It's all going to go downhill. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I do have to work this weekend, so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. Yeah, there's no, I'm not getting any flavor except hot from that wing. Mm-hmm. I like it when you can actually taste something. The side of my mouth? Yeah. On my cheek? Just probably because I wiped it. It's just fire all yeah. up the side. Do you want chapstick? No. Okay. If you were going to live on a desert island, but it could take only one thing with you, what would it be? That's an easy one. Yep. That one thing would be a person. Who would that person it be? better be me <laughs> or the kids. A thousand percent. If I could, <laughs> only one thing, I'd bring you. Yeah. I'd bring you. Why? Because time and time again, it's proven that there's a lot of things that I'm really good at, <laughs> but the areas where I'm deficient, you're a perfect teammate. Got you. And yeah. likewise... Areas where you're deficient, hey, I excel. Did so. you just answer my question for me? Yeah, I did, basically. Yeah, so I have to choose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, know, I thought it was a given. Come on. You're the tall one that can reach stuff on the top shelf, mm-hmm. can get the, smack the coconuts out of the uh, out of the tree. Yeah. Yeah. No. You're, uh, I, I, I think that's, I, th- I like that answer. Um, yeah. No. I mean, like, even when we go hunting and stuff, we've, we've kind of, like, fallen into our roles a bit and, but we, we'll push each, push each other in and out. Like when I, when you first started taking me out hunting, I definitely was like kind of along for the ride there to help support. I do the spotting and things like that. But in that role of spotting, it was, it was a perfect way to learn how to hunt because then I, I, all the pressure wasn't on me. So I could, I could like look down, I could look at Practice uh, identifying between the different deer, identifying all these things. The different vegetation that they might be eating. And mm. I remember, um, you're like, oh, there's spruce tips. When when the spruce tips stop, our elevation is going to be yeah. too high. I'm like, that's a good indicator for elevation, for looking for things. The critters are going to be down where there's new vegetation. Mm-hmm. Spruce tips are a good indicator of fresh growth. Like these are things that I never looked at before. Mm. I think there's a, uh, the perfect sort of complimentary thing there. But, you know, those questions, what's the one thing you'd bring? I don't know. You're in a desert island. Do you want to leave the island? I mean, maybe it's a great desert island you want to spend the rest of your yeah. life there on, right? That's some nice ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, that might change a yeah. physical object. If I want to leave, well, maybe just an inReach or a sat, and that way I could just put a uh, put something out and bide my time till something comes. Having yeah. those communications would be, would be vital. So if I'm going to go and have it as nebulous as that, you, thousand yeah. percent. Yeah, I like, I'm not the greatest at building fire and I think I don't, I don't blame you for that, but I will say your strength in that skill allows me to focus on other things. So like, I, I just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to build it up too high, but like, dear God, I like, you have bags and bags of birch bark because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, we're driving on the highway and you pull over. Oh, I got to get some birch bark. And you're scaling trees and grabbing it off some dead snags and stuff. And yeah, I think we just kind of like, we have like this comfort of knowing, knowing what we're good at. But I think as well, like you're, you're good at pushing me. 
you're really like you're, you're good at pushing yourself, but you're good at pushing me to be like, okay, no, I want you to do this now. And I'm like, mm, but. You know, it's funny you talk about falling into roles. I think that's something that for a long time, society the, the, in general was shying away from. Oh, you can't define me. I don't, I shouldn't be in this role. A man's place is here. A woman's place is here. And I think people are starting to realize that it's not that one's better than the other or one position is better than the other. It's the fact that naturally certain people will gravitate towards certain things that they enjoy to do. Why should we shy away from that? Just because everyone else says, well, I, I shouldn't be cooking. You're a fantastic chef mm. and I love to cook, but I know if I want to have the absolute best meal, having you in the kitchen is going to be a hell of a lot better than having me in the kitchen. Wow. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think I, I may have, I may be holding you back as well from developing your. I'm your secretly, cook. secretly developing on the side. Oh, okay, good. Well, that's good. Yeah. As long as it's secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that the, the idea of, uh, these different gender yeah. roles, oh, man's out there making fire, woman's out there cooking. Well, I enjoy making fires and the practice. You enjoy the cooking yeah. and it's not a one person, keep the other person down. We're essentially in the military, they'd call force multipliers yeah. and you're my force multiplier. Yeah. And you know, it's funny when I was, when I was working in kitchens and working long shifts and like that was, my career was everything. Like I, I never thought that I would quit that. And then we had kids and I'm like, no, like a switch flicked in me. I like, no, there's, I don't. I don't care about my job anymore. I I want to I want to raise these kids. I want to have a home. I want to do these things. And I remember I got so much flack. And I remember my sister saying, "What the hell is your problem? Like, why did you spend so many years in school? Why did you work so hard on your career just to throw it all away?" And I just thought, "I'm not throwing anything away. Like, it would I've made decisions in my life that I'm proud of. It's taken me to a place that I'm proud of. Why would I go away from it because I'm afraid that I'm, you know, working some typical female role. Mm. Like why, why should I be ashamed of that? And I, I know people talk about it now, but like people weren't talking about it like 15, 20 years ago. Mm. They weren't like, I, I, so much, so much flack from friends and family about it. They're like, so what do you do all day? I'm like, I spend time with my kids. Like I do awesome things. We go on adventures and. I'm supporting my, my husband in his business and he's, he's able to like take risks and do things because we're part of a unit and a team because mm. he knows that we support each other. And I just, I don't know. Do you remember after our second child was born and you decided to make that step full time out of the kitchen yeah. and you're working on the house and going through that period of listening to all the people talking to you, like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And mm. you're throwing it all away and out kind of sitting in the back of your head. And do you remember what I did to, um, help boost your morale? Oh, the mountaineering trip? <laughs> yeah, no, the, <laughs> Sorry, I think I blew out the speaker there. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was really struggling because I, I had spent my whole life like. I'm going to live in a city. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a career. I'm going to like, this is, I'm the breadwinner of our relate. Like we, we figured that you were like totally. the, the guy that was going to go surfing and hang out and have that fun. That was the and plan. Like, the stay at home dad. And like, and yeah, I was like, my whole life kind of flipped and I was, 
I was struggling. Like I really was. Like I, I lost myself for a bit. I didn't know what I wanted. Well, I, I knew what I wanted, but I didn't trust myself to like just kind of mm. push through and do it. And yeah, one Christmas, we talk about crappy Christmas presents. Um, <laughs> you got me a trip away in the mountains. I was like, I don't want to go in the mountains. I don't want to do this. And like, I, I still remember, I still remember packing up my stuff, getting in my vehicle and driving away while you and the kids were sitting on the front step waving at me. And I was like, I, th- I don't know if I started crying as I was driving away or it took like a bit, but I get up to Jasper, I'd driven all day and I hardly slept. I uh, slept in my vehicle, unfortunately, right next to train tracks. I didn't realize it when I parked and then got up to the camp and where I was meeting everybody. And like, I was just freaking out. I called you and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be away for a week. And you're like, no, it's good for you. You should do it. You should do it. And I did. And it sucked for like the first day. I didn't say you should do it. You should do it. I think what I said was you can come home if you want. But will you look back at this fondly? How do you want to remember yourself afterwards? I said, I think you will get a lot out of this trip. It was a woman's Mm. trip up in the mountains. You'd never done mountaineering before. And you're going to be going up uh, on glaciers and rock climbing Mm. and crampons and carrying all your kit up into a remote Alpine Mm. location and spending a week out there with a group of people you've never met before doing some extremely difficult, arduous things. And arguably, um, in a dangerous environment. Oh, I did like that, that first day, I don't know what I was thinking. I like, I carried the ropes and I, so my pack was, it it was, I know when I left, it was almost 50 pounds with just my stuff and then carrying the ropes and everything. It it was a heavy pack going uphill. I didn't break in my boots properly. So anyone that takes a core (laughs) course, (laughs) I didn't break in my boots. So my feet were just like a hot mess all week. But after that first day, I'm like, everything was easier and everything was fun. And it was cool, like totally different experiences and pushing myself and challenging myself. Climbed to the very top of a mountain and almost fell off the side of the mountain and had to do like a, what do you call it? Arrest with the pickaxe. Self-arrest. Self-arrest with the pickaxe. And and in retrospect, that was actually like, it was probably a heck of a lot more sketchy than, than I thought it was at the time. I was just like, yeah, like I did got we practice and I got, got to do a self-arrest and stop myself from going off the edge of a cliff. And, um, what were the others like? Cause usually that's how I gauge is by other people's reactions. Like, okay, yes. well maybe that was a little bit sketchy. So that's how I know it was sketchy is because the guide was like, she looked like she literally destroyed her pants. Like <laughs> she, she was pretty unflappable, but she was scared and for the rest of that day, she was, she was right, right behind me. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was such a great trip and it, it really was the thing that like flicked that switch off and I was able to just kind of move on and do my thing. Yeah. And cause I knew there's no way that I could push you no. as, in my role as a husband no. without, well, you know me. W- without some sort of resentment, no. right? No. But I can give you this beautiful gift where other people can push uh-huh. and provide you with the opportunity to do things that are so outside of your comfort zone. And I'm glad you did it. Mm-hmm. I think that was, I think that was the right move. Yeah, no, I, it was, it was an epic, awesome trip. I loved it. I loved it so much, but yeah. Well, should we try another wing here? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we're on to bomb now. Oh, crap. 
the bomb evolution hot sauce. Yeah. Hey, is that water you're drinking? Uh-huh. Okay. So do, do we sauce our own or do we sauce each other's? I say we no, sauce each no, other's. No, 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 no. I honestly, I put so much on mine. It is really, really caked. I'm, oh, Jesus Christ. Just a bit. Okay. Just a little dabble do you, right? There you go. Here, I'll <laughs> sauce it for you. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I, got I don't it. know if the cameras can actually pick it up. Uh, let's see. Your head's in the way. There it is. Did you even put any on? Yes, I did. Okay. Look, there's a bunch. Okay, here we go. Do we ask a question first? Yeah, because I don't know if I'm going to... Okay, let's do it. Oh my God, it's hot. You ask, I'm going to eat. What is the most inspiring or life-changing piece of advice you've ever received? Okay. This is hot as hell. Oh my God. What flavor do you feel? I just mm. feel heat. It's spicy. <coughs> it's just really spicy. I'm just trying to get it down before I can't. Okay. Oh my God. Did you bring the bucket? Mm-mm. Okay. I'm telling you right now, that's got some heat. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Remember uh, Jamil's mom cooking up the um, yeah. African food, spicy stuff, and the endorphins <laughs> that it releases. Yep, I can feel, <clears throat> I can feel that coming. Okay, so my eyes are watering. For those who aren't watching it, my face is probably the same color as I don't know, same color as a hot sauce right now. I don't even remember what the question was. That's why I didn't, I didn't, I crushed it, but didn't move it. What is the most inspiring or life-changing piece of advice you've ever received? I've later learned that Theodore Roosevelt said something really similar to this. I don't know if the individual knew that, but essentially nothing in life worthwhile ever comes easy. And now my eyes are watering and my Oh, you can feel it all the way down into your stomach. You should have eaten a candle. I should have eaten a candle. Mm -hmm. It would be that nothing worthwhile in life ever comes easy. And when things are getting tough. (laughs) That gulp was like audible. I have the resolve to know. This is a beneficial thing. This is positive. It's tough and I'm going to keep pushing through because there's going to be something so worthwhile at the end of this. The eggnog helps. I am not touching anything to the end. Does it help or is it worse now? It's not worse. For like five seconds, it goes away. Uh, Maybe it does make it worse. (laughs) 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 Oh man. That's spicy. Okay. There we go. That's the bomb. If that's supposed to be the hottest. I think it just, honestly, I think what it does is it just like, it's like scorched earth. Okay. I think. Okay. You answer the question. Best piece of advice? Yeah. You know what? My, my sister who has been the, uh, the giver of terrible advice for years, actually gave me 
a really good piece of advice when I was in my early 20s. She's like, don't live with regrets. You're, I think I was 20 or 21. She's like, don't live with regrets. You're living probably the best years of your life, which that was, that wasn't true. But she's like, just live, she didn't say balls out, but you know, basically like live every day like it's the last. Sure. Um, and that's kind of stuck with me for like most of my life. Um, I don't know. I, I think she was maybe not in the best place in her life and she wanted me to like appreciate my early 20s, which I did. And it's just kind of, I haven't gotten out of that. And I'm like, now I'm in my, in my super, super late 30s. Like, and I just like into my 40s, but <laughs> I just, yeah, live every day like it's your last because you never know. So it wasn't the advice that I gave you. No, I mean like. Do you, do you remember that advice when, uh. <laughs> we're having our first child and there is so much pain. And do you remember the advice, advice I gave you, which everyone says, what the hell, Travis, why would you say that? But at the time you said it helped. Oh, pretend that I'm my grandma. It was two things. It was, um, how, <laughs> how would your grandma deal with something like this? Because yeah. you held her in very high regard and mm -hmm. she's done a lot of great things. And. It's one day of your life. How do you want to look back and remember it? Yes. That was like very, it is hard to speak when you can't feel your tongue. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, telling me to live like my grandma, it was, it took the birth of our first child, which was, they'll just say, not an enjoyable experience. <laughs> Tell me able, about it. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to use it for our second and it was completely different. It was like night and day. Um, I do channel my, I do channel my grandmother as much as I can. Cause like, like you said, I don't look up to famous people. Um, cause I don't know them. I don't pretend to think that I know them. I hold my grandmother in about the highest regard and my grandfather, um, about as highly as you can regard anyone. So yeah, there's lots of times where I'm like, what would my grandma think? Would I act like this in front of her? <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. What's another one? Well, why don't we uh, cap up the bomb? Because yeah, I think please. the fumes from it alone are um, causing my eyes to water. It's hot. We have two more to go. Okay. And we... You're still feeling like you want to keep dabbing all these? We said it. We do it. Yep. Okay. Whoa. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Holy shit. You see the chilies in this one? I, I never noticed that. I did shake it up. Oh, I'm not shaking it. Move it away from the other one so you don't cross-contaminate. You don't want to water down the next one. Come on, do a proper pour. Oh, yeah. All right. That was a really... Oh, man. Okay, what are we at? This is second from the end. 638,000 Scoville. I'm going to try to sniffle I... away from the microphone. I think we asked a question first. Okay. Are you superstitious? I wouldn't say I'm superstitious. I'd say I'm kind of stitious. <laughs> Not superstitious. A joke just oh, never gets old. Okay. <laughs> Finger burning. I'm just going to eat this. I'm going to answer, yeah. okay? I just, I, uh, I put on too much. All right. 
All the meat off? Yeah. All right. My grandpa would be proud. All right. I guess it def- depends on how you define superstitious. Mm-hmm. And I'm still chewing on this because there's a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Whew. Taco vibes only, huh? I think the the bomb was hotter, though. Mm-hmm. This, this has some just... flavor. I think the bomb, I think it's my theory from before, where you just wipe out your sensors and everything afterwards is, eh, whatever. Uh, yeah. It's like I got a third degree burn, don't feel anything now. So my, ner- my nerves are gone. It's I'm sweating more though, mm-hmm. whereas I'm not feeling the heat in my mouth the same. I'm sweating off of this one. Um, no, I'm not superstitious, but it depends on how you define it. Like there will be times when things will happen and I'll say, I've got a gut feeling and I'm not doing it. I know, uh, Jamie Flynn from a uh, podcast he did, he's a base jumper and yep. horrific injuries off of the excuse me, off a jump he did, he says, I got the rule of three. He says, there's three things. My alarm doesn't wake me up on time or somebody cuts me off in traffic or I get this weird feeling. I count it up. If there's three, I don't jump. Yeah. Is that superstitious? Maybe. Or maybe it's being in tune to your natural environment. Yeah. Not being able to uh, quantify it, rationalize it and say, I feel this way because, Mm -hmm. because I think we get those feelings much faster than we're able to actually qualify why we have those feelings. So I've really learned to trust my gut. And if my gut says, mm, not feeling it, yeah, because there's been so many occasions that I've just not trusted the gut yeah, and found myself in a world of hurt where it could have easily been avoided, luckily get out, survive, I'm alive, everything's good. But that's been a, uh, the learning process. I wouldn't call it superstitious. I call it trusting my gut. Okay. You? Um, I used to be. I like to the point where like every night before bed, I'd, I'd like knock on wood. And if there wasn't something wood, I'd knock on my head. So that's OCD. That's not superstitious. Okay. So maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I have a little superstition or maybe I have OCD that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, OCD to like put on one sock like your left sock before your right sock before a soccer game and like eat the same lunch. Is that, that's OCD? Why don't we ask the audience? Is that OCD? Yeah. Hold on. I can hear him. I can hear him. (laughs) Yes, Tiffany, that's OCD. Okay. So superstitious? No. And like with you, oh, my nose is starting to run now. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I trust my gut because like you said, like there's, like you, you walk past and like, you know, there's signs and there's signs and you just ignore them. I think we're just, we trust ourselves a little bit better. We trust our gut a little bit better. I trust you as well, which is good because dear God, when we were first dating and you'd be like, yeah, no, I don't like that guy. He's going to cheat on his wife. I was like, you're crazy. And then every single time that happens, you're like, oh, this person, this, and you're not judgmental, but you're very good at, at, it's an ADHD trait. Yeah. You're good at sizing people up. Like dinner party we go and you would just, you size people up and it's always true. You, ha- you have a very good radar for people that are going to cheat on their spouse because <laughs> that's happened a few times. <laughs> We've seen time. that a few times. It's but... a sad, sad, you know, sad skill, but it's one you have. Well, I, I think it's just about 
you know, somebody's going to be honest yeah. or trustworthy mm-hmm. and, you know, you can only get, uh, taken advantage of or lied to or whatever mm-hmm. so many times before you start seeing patterns that reoccur. And they say it's an ADHD thing, being able to pick up on these little traits, whether it's verbal, nonverbal, paraverbal, whatever it might be that you're picking up on. Yeah. I stopped trying to rationalize and suss it out. Part of me wonders sometimes if it just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, because if we're living in a matrix and we're creating our own realities and I'm like, this is going to happen here and that's going to happen here, like scarily so that happens. Am I, are we just so in tune with what's going on around us that we can make those presuppositions or are we somehow putting that energy out there and making it happen? I don't know, but whatever the end result is, it turns out basically how, how it's getting called. So I'll just stick with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think in a couple of cases where you've like called things, you're not living a life so connected with these people or situations where like you're actively like making it happen. They're pretty disconnected. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I think you're just. Unless we s- subscribe to the, we are all connected at the cosmic level. Well, which I, I totally agree with, but yeah. Okay. So do we, want, do we want to do one more question in between the next one? Before how many questions we got left? I don't know. Yeah, let's do yeah. it. Uh, just give our, our mouth a little bit of a break. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and for the record, I have had no water. I've had no eggnog. My belly is on fire. Yep. Do you want me to tell everyone what I've, I've been putting chapstick on after every wing. I drank a bunch of water and I've also had eggnog. Give you a little bit of my water because I think your water's actually empty now, isn't it? No, no, no. I so I don't actually want water anymore because it's going to make it, <laughs> it worse. Makes, it does make it worse, and I'm just looking forward to watching the show. Once once the heat subsides a bit, the eggnog actually does make it better. Okay. What's the next helps. question? Um, have you ever seen a ghost? Um, I ask because I slept in the basement of your family home when I was a teenager. And it's definitely got a ghosty vibe to it. It's like, <laughs> if there ever was a house, it was haunted. I think, I think that one's on the list. Have I ever seen a ghost? Well, there's a couple of things that happened that I can't explain. And I'll, I'll back you a thousand percent on that. That house was haunted. There yeah. is something going on. There is some bad energy going, uh, enough, enough bad energy that people would come in who didn't even know us would say it feels off. There's mm-hmm. something not right here. Uh, man, I was terrified of my downstairs when I was a kid. Probably a common thing. Cause I've seen these TikToks where people are running up the stairs and there's someone dressed all in black running up behind them and turning the lights off. And you know, there's times when lights to turn back on. It's not a supernatural event. It maybe just didn't turn it off properly. It got stuck halfway. Um, I remember as a young child waking up in the middle of the night and at the foot of my bed on the left-hand side, on the, just right near the end of the left-hand side, I wake up and I look, I'm like, oh, what's my mom doing in here? Right. And I started calling out to her. I'm like, well, what are you doing here? And this really old haggard woman looks back at me and says, shh, just go back to sleep, go back to sleep. And it scared the crap out of me. And I hid under my blankets. I'm like, just go away, just go away, just go away, just go away. And I asked my mom about it in the morning and she says, no, I wasn't in your room. So was I dreaming that? Probably, right? It was 
a hyper-realistic dream. I've Googled it and they have a thing about the old hag at the end of the bed, but it's usually to do with, uh, or old hag kneeling on your chest. Funny that it's always an old hag, um, to do with like uh, sleep asphyxiation or something like this. Yeah. People who stop breathing or sleep mm. paralysis. That's what it was. Sleep paralysis mm. where you're awake, but you can't move. Well, I could move and I was talking. So was that a ghost? Was it my imagination? Cause I've always had a good imagination. Mm. I don't know. Mm. I do remember one other occasion in that same house. I wasn't feeling well. Didn't want to go to karate practice. <clears throat> Dad's at work. My mom's, my younger brother, did I have a younger brother yet? He was, he was seven years younger. Um, probably. Anyways, um, takes my older brother off to karate practice as you're not allowed out of your room. You stay in your room for whatever reason. There's a bucket in there. You use that bucket if you need it. You don't get out, right? Okay. So, um, anyways, then I hear, here, come home, vehicle comes in. Okay. I'm, that's her. And then I hear in the kitchen, I'm like, man, I really want to come out. I got to go to the washroom and some yelling. I'm like, I'm, I'm not, not supposed to come out. Promised I wouldn't. Mom, mom, can I come out? Mom, can I come out? And nothing. So I walk into the kitchen. I'm going down the hallway and as I'm walking and I'm hollering out, I hear someone and I see something just around the corner. You know, you see something move around mm -hmm. the corner. There's three steps to go down to the playroom and then the flight of steps that goes downstairs. And I heard a thump, 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 go all the way down the stairs. And I'm like, what the hell? Mom. And it was just a short flash of a shadow that I, that I saw. I walked to the end of the kitchen, looking out through the playroom into the driveway mm. and there's no car there. Mm. What the hell? <laughs> so I come back in the kitchen, I grab the biggest knife I can find and I start yelling out, I got a knife, I got a knife. And I go into my bedroom and at that time I thought, well, probably should get out of here. So I jumped out my window, I uh, brought my skateboard with me and I was, my mom came home to me in my pajamas with my skateboard, with the largest kitchen knife that we had at the end of the driveway. Cause my thinking was like, I don't know where to go, mm. but if someone's comes out of the house, if something comes, I'm going to skate away faster than they'll be able to come up. And so, yeah, I caught some heat for that one. What the hell are you doing out here? All the neighbors can see in your pajamas <laughs> with this knife and skateboard. Have I seen a ghost? Um, or were we subject to a B and E? At the time that yeah, I interrupt that? Yeah, I've always kind of wondered with that. Right. Or did I just have an imagination that was so damn vivid? Mm. I don't know. Mm. How about you? You ever seen a ghost? No. Uh, there's been multiple situations where people around me have like woken up in the middle of the night to give me messages from people mm. uh, that were either uh, in trouble or had passed away. Mm. Um. So I, I believe like when I was younger, I used to believe that, um, I didn't know. And so I would hedge my bets and I would tell the ghosts that I believed in them so they wouldn't haunt me. But <laughs> I don't like, and I would just kind of leave it at that. And I feel like that made it work because now like there's been situations where potential ghosts have, have communicated with the people around me. Um, maybe I'm just not re receptive to, to being visited by 
different realms. I, I don't know. So I think it's I'm, that gut feeling thing, though, too, yeah. right? Like, what, is that a ghost or is that that people are just picking up or in tune with yeah. things that are happening around them that you just can't quantify? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, yeah, I think, I think there's so much we don't understand. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I think the people around me in my life are a lot more sensitive and intuitive than I am. So. You feeling the endorphins, eh? I am. Yeah. Do you want to try one more? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So this is the last dab Apollo. Okay. I Googled it because on the back on this thing here, it says number 10, hot ones, last dab Apollo to be announced Scoville. So one thing I found out on Google, it was between like 2 million, uh, 22 million, yeah, 22, 2.2 million, I think is about what it, the Scoville's on this guy. We're going to dab it up. Okay. The last dab. Are we still have three there. questions. Okay. Well, let's ask another one. And okay. that's not a dab, is it? No, Travis, that is like way more than other people put on the show. Okay. Like they, well, I'm into they, it now, I guess. Go they, ahead. You want to match? Oh my God. Feats of strength. Okay. We'll do the question. We'll melt her face off. Are you not entertained? This better be the highest podcast rank ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay. What is it? Okay. Question is, and I think this one's telling, I, I picked through the other ones. Uh, what is the most scared you've ever been? <laughs> I can tell you, it's not right now. Most scared? I don't get scared. What are no. you talking about? You don't. Um... I'm kind of scared right now to eat this yeah, hot wing to tell you the truth. I, I'm scared right now. This is like a stupid amount of hot sauce to put on this. Did you know. scrape some off? No, I didn't. Do the cameras pick it up? Look at Yeah. I saw you tapping yours. No, but there's there's none no, that but, I knocked no. off. Okay. Here we go. Oh my God. Three, two, one. All I taste is heat. You didn't spit it out, did you? No. Okay. That's hot. Mm-hmm. Most scared I've been. Probably around <clears throat> 2007. All over my face. Oh, you got some chicken wing in your beard. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You feeling that? Yep. It's hot. You, you okay? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that'd be it. When our daughter's born. Hmm. Yeah, that was, uh, I guess for people listen who don't know, because I did talk about it once on the podcast before, we had a midwife and uh, a hospital birth and the midwife is in there and, you know, doing the midwife thing. Everything's normal. This is fine. This is good. And nurses are coming in, you know, as a husband in there, really you're, you're just superfluous to the whole ordeal. Supplier of ice chips and back rubs. Basically, yes. Yep. And you keep looking to me for, because you're in so much Mm -hmm. pain, like, what would you do? I'm like, I I don't know. Like, from my objective position outside here, not feeling the pain, here's some things I see. But of course, the doctors and nurses are like, nope, it's got to come from you, which you can see the, the reasoning for that. Yeah. But. Like, I haven't done it before. I don't know. Right. Yeah, brand new for all of us. But that was long. So we're into day two, basically, of labor. 
Yeah. And um, they say, well, hey, do you want to do you want to call in a uh, an expert? We got a uh, obstetrician we can call in, and I'm like, yes, definitely. Let's call the person in, right? Like this is things are obviously not going the way they're supposed to be doing. Go on. No, 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 sir. It's not your decision. It's got to be your decision. You look at them like, yes, yeah. yeah. Call them in, and so they're they're dragging their feet. And I said, look at if we have to, I'll pay the person for their time because they said, well, what if you give birth and they're on their way over? So well, then send them home, right? Anyways, person ends up coming, a uh, British woman um, who had her helper with her, really professional. And she comes on in and she's got the helper and more and more nurses are coming in and a lot of people on standby and, um, said, well, let's get suction cups. we get forceps. We're doing this and they're working at it, working at it. And like, oh, I think the uh, umbilical cord is wrapped. We'll just cut the umbilical cord and then we'll, uh, everything will go smooth sailing. Well, they cut the umbilical cord and everything was not smooth sailing. So... In the same way, when you look to other people, when you're self-arresting on the mountain, you're like, oh, well, maybe there's something wrong here. When people keep saying everything's fine, everything's fine, yeah. and all of a sudden they just go to threat level midnight, <laughs> like they just go right through the roof and yeah. everyone's panicking, you know that things aren't fine. And the, uh, the obstetrician looks over at her helper and there's a heightened level of uh, urgency and she says, get on the belly, start pressing, right? And the helper is doing something else. And she looks at her helper, she's like, get on the belly and start pressing. And the helper looks at her with just this look of indignant, just puts both of her hands at her side like a petulant child and like, hmm, right? And the obstetrician looks at her and looks at me. I'm like, okay, where do I go? And she's like, you get in here. Like this, her helper is doing yeah. nothing. So push on the belly, see if we can get her out. So I got my forearm on your belly and I'm trying to squeeze out our daughter, didn't know it was a daughter at the time, daughter, like a tube of toothpaste. <laughs> and, uh. <laughs> Cause at this point I'd been, I'd been pushing, like pushing for 10, 10, 12 hours, something like that, which Forever. is. Forever. Yeah. Which is apparent. I found out later is actually like a kind of a stupid amount of time to literally be pushing. Right. And so I was, I was like, I've never been so tired in my life. So uh, there I am squeezing it out and they're doing. Anyway, <laughs> and oh eventually, after a long time, out comes our daughter, hmm. and they're panicking. Child's out. They're running over with it. They now have another fellow in that they called in, and uh, later learned this guy's only called in for dealing with families with hmm. uh, birthing that doesn't go properly, trauma birth, whatever it might be, and. I remember looking at you and like, did I do it? Did I do it? You're asking. I'm like, oh, it's great. We had a beautiful baby daughter. It's And knowing in my heart that I was lying through my teeth. Mm. And because I, I didn't think she was alive. After a long time, we heard her cry. And I'm like, oh my God, thank God she's alive. Mm. And then in my head, I was like, oh damn, she's alive. Like that was a long time without oxygen. Is she going to be okay? Everything turned out okay, but I'd say that would be the time that I was scared, most scared in my life. And that, that story is why I would want you on a desert island with me, because <clears throat> you tell this story and I had no idea years later. Like, I, I remember when, 
we went to go see the same midwife, same midwife again a year and a half later. And she's like, what are you doing here? She's like, she's <laughs> flabbergasted. She's like, why you're pregnant? You want to have another baby? Like didn't, didn't the last experience like terrify you enough to never want to do this again? But I still, at that point, I didn't know. You'd never told me. Only it was years later when you told me the situation and and how it, how it was. You were, yeah, you were just there and unflappable. And and I was, I need ice chips. <laughs> and yeah, I like. So what's yeah. what scared you've been? So I, my, it, wasn't, it wasn't that day because I didn't know. I didn't realize. When you're in it. Yeah. I there's no, there's no room to be afraid. When you tell the story now, it scares me and it makes me choke up a little bit and sad. And but everything turned out amazingly well. She's totally a did. fantastic kid. And, um, but scared, most scared I've ever been is probably May sixteenth, two thousand eight. That was the most scared I've ever been because mm-hmm. um, I I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into this now, but um, it. it yeah, I mean, you, for anyone that doesn't know, um, that was a day that some incredibly corrupt RCMP, Firearm Center, government officials decided to uh, execute a raid on, on Silver Corps and put Travis in jail for the weekend, and I had no idea what was going on. And Yeah, I take off to work, and then you're like, what the hell? Where is he? What's going on? And they had the municipally integrated ERT and orchestrated raids at several locations, and and uh, I think they had like 18 people just at this location. When I drove in, they had the block cordoned off. They had, um, they're staged in the back, the ERT. I drove in in my vehicle, I had a trailer in tow and pulled in behind them and they look around like, oh, hey Trav, uh, could you park your vehicle over here? And they're all masked up, right? And I didn't know who they were, but one comes up, it's like, oh Trav, you might remember me from, and he, I'm like, no, I I don't know who this person is. And the other person like, oh, Trav, your father taught me back in the academy. And I don't know why they got us here. But, you know, over on the right here, people don't see it if they're watching. But on the wall, there's actually the apology letter. That took eight years to get. But it's a rare mm-hmm. apology letter from the RSMP. Some point, maybe, we'll talk about the just high level of corruption and malfeasance and everything that it took in order to get there. The bullying tactics and everything else. But... I don't know. That doesn't sound like a positive place for me, no. which is why I've never, no. why I've never uh, really delved into that one. Very interesting story. Would absolutely get a lot of uh, hits and clicks, and people would want to hear it. But until I can find a way to talk about that one positively, because there's a lot of negative with it. Yeah. I just figure I'll just keep that on the back shelf. Yeah. Yeah. But I can definitely see that being scary. So hey, my face didn't melt off. No, nope, mine didn't either. I got an idea. No. <laughs> I don't want to hear your idea. So no, this is what? I don't want to hear your two idea. million Scoville. <laughs> I actually have something that's about three million Scoville, but it's going to be a signing off sort of thing because I don't know how much we're going to be able to talk afterwards because I have a feeling it ain't going to go too well. Do we want to try this? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any more chicken wings somewhere? Uh, in the in the kitchen, yeah. Okay, we're going to do a real quick cut. Because I'm going to run in the kitchen and grab two more wings, okay? Okay.
Okay, I'm they back. Sound cold. They are cold. Do you remember when teenager, late teens, and uh, you accidentally pepper sprayed yourself? Do you remember this? Yes, I do remember this, Travis. <laughs> you closed a desk drawer, one of my drawers on my desk, and I guess there was some spray inside there, mm -hmm. and it sprayed up, and just a little bit got in the air. It didn't even spray in the face, but you're hacking and coughing and sneezing. That and sucked. Yeah, it did suck. And um, I have a feeling that that's what's going to happen afterwards, because apparently bear spray is three million Scoville. Mm. And I got some bear spray in a plastic bag, and I thought... Maybe just spray a little bit in the plastic bag. Try and contain the aerosol that's going everywhere. I'm like super unimpressed with you right now. <laughs> I might. There we go. It's oh, expired geez. bear spray. But that just oh. means that the, the accelerant inside here will, um, uh, not the, whatever is going to, the propellant, the propellant yeah. can, uh, the aerosol can die out on it. But the actual spice, the spray, it's all going to be the same. So as long as we can get something to dribble out, I have a feeling it's going to spray out. Do we have any words that we want to say? I just, from like maybe a more sane uh, standpoint, do you want to spray that not in a really confined space with me? Or nope, 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 we're doing it in here because otherwise people will come back and they'll say, it wasn't caught on camera, you didn't do it, blah, blah, blah. So um, okay. I think uh, we'll just spray it inside the plastic bag. Okay. Give it a good shake. Mm -hmm. Let things dissipate a little bit. Any last words before we do this? Yes, no, maybe so. I don't I don't know. There's nothing I can do or say at this point. Oh, there's plenty. For better or for worse, right? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what I promise? Give it a good shake. Give it a good shake. <laughs> Three million Scoville, oh they my say. God. This is just such a terrible What I do want to say yeah. is thank you. To everybody who watches the Silver Core podcast, who listens to the Silver Core podcast, to the club members, to everyone who's involved in the Silver Core Outdoors community, thank you. I truly enjoy doing this. I truly enjoy interacting with each and every one of you, whether that's in person or online or through social media. I find it brings a lot of positivity in people's lives, my life included. So here's to 2023, a great ending of the year and into yep. 2024. Here's to doing stupid Stupid things. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That okay. seemed like a pretty good shot. Okay. Oh, um, Travis, no. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I might have to air it out. Hold on. I know. We'll let the aerosol. Okay, you feel it? When I open my hand up on this thing, it's going to go everywhere. <laughs> Here we go, guys. This is such a bad idea. Three, two, one. You ready? Yep. One for you. One for me. Cap it up. Best of friends may we always be. You ready? Yep. Here we go. Oh. <coughs> How can you breathe? Come on, get it in. <coughs> <coughs> Okay, that's hot. Happy New Year. Oh, God. <coughs> See you. There, everybody terrible. else.